What's up, everybody? Welcome to Good Wolf Radio. It's Jerry Scarlato. Today, I want to talk to you about taking responsibility. After this past weekend, which by the time you see this, we actually will have had both our 10-year anniversary and our Kroger Wellness event. I say our. We didn't put it on. <laughs> um, Kroger put it on. We were at the Kroger Wellness event. And in being involved in those two events, you tend to spend a lot of time thinking about things, thinking about especially a 10-year anniversary. Like I've spent a lot of time thinking about the last 10 years and thinking about how things have gone and thinking about things I could have done differently and thinking about things that we can do to improve moving forward and things that just maybe didn't go all that well and things that and ideas to come up with that to make sure that those things hopefully never happen again. And while it's not fun sometimes to reflect on those kinds of things, because when over the course of 10 years, a lot of things can go wrong and a lot of things have gone wrong. A lot of things have gone really well also, but being of the entrepreneurial mindset, many entrepreneurs tend to think more about the things that go wrong than the things that go well. That is just like the tendency of many entrepreneurs is to think about the things that maybe didn't weren't as successful as they wanted them to be or think about the decisions that they made that didn't work out as well as they could have. That's, that's just the way a lot of entrepreneurs think. Many people in society also tend to think about those kinds of things, but sometimes they tend to dive do too deeply into those ideas. And now in society, we, we have also shifted our tendency from thinking about those kinds of things only to finding external circumstances as to why those things aren't the way that we want them to be. So our society over the last couple of years has taken a big shift. Now, this has always been a tendency in society to find external circumstances and point finger, fingers at external circumstances, whether that be literally the circumstance at hand or whether that be people within the circumstance. It has always been within a society and within the tendency to do that. But lately, it has really ramped up that we are finding any external reason as to why our situation is the way that it is and something to point our fingers at to say that's the reason why we are my situation is the way that it is and not the way that I want it to be. Now, again, this isn't me saying that everybody is like this by any means, but if you can honestly say that over the last any part of your lifetime that you have not pointed your finger at something else, you're the one saint in the 10 billion, 7 billion people that are on this planet. Um, nonetheless, Deflection and finger pointing has become a big norm in society. And while deflection and finger pointing feels, I don't even know if it feels good in the moment, but while it feels useful in the moment, in the long run and definitely in the short run, it's actually counterproductive and is definitely taking away from our empowerment as a human being. I'll give you a, an example through my own experience going back to talking about being an entrepreneur and a business owner. In the beginning years of being a business owner, 
it was easy for me to find external reasons as to why Thrivology wasn't thriving the way that I wanted it to. We're, we're in a, if, you're, if you live in Alexandria, Kentucky, or you live in Camel County, you know Alexandria is not a big city. We live, like Thrivology is in a city that has maybe 12,000 people in it. It's pretty rural, like half of it is still country, still a lot of farms. And so the culture and the environment of Alexandria is still somewhat like old school. So to have a fitness studio like ours in Alexandria is somewhat of a new idea. Even still today, 10 years later, being in Alexandria, still a pretty new idea. Still the vast majority of people that I come across who live in Alexandria or Camel County have no clue that we're here and are still baffled by how we do things, which is not very complex, but it's just much different than a Globo Gym format. So... It was easy for me for many years of our 10 years of being in business to point fingers at those facts, facts that we're in a small town, that we, that the small town is rural, not fully, but a lot, like mostly rural, that the small town, the culture is old. And so they just don't understand what we do. Like those are facts of where we are and how things are here. And it was easy for me to point at those things and say it is because of these things that our facility is not doing as well as I want it to do. And in so doing, I then would not put efforts into finding other avenues and finding other ways to build the business and instead focus on the things that were wrong with the city and the things that were wrong with the population in the city as to why we weren't thriving, as to why we weren't growing, as to why we weren't becoming what I believed we could become and what we're currently on our way to become. So within that context, I said something very distinctly for a reason. The facts are... Thrivology is in a small city that doesn't understand what we do all that well and is somewhat rural. Those are facts. And while those are facts, those are not reasons as to why we didn't grow and aren't currently, 10 years later, where I believed we could be in 10 years. Now, again, that's not to say we haven't had plenty of success. That's not to say that we haven't helped a lot of people. That's not to say that our pack isn't thriving and healthy and making tons of progress. All of those things are also true. But two things can be true at the same time. It can be true that we're in a small city, that we're in a rural city, and that the people in the city don't understand what we do. But it can also be true that it's my responsibility to make sure that we figure out a way to grow and prosper. Like those things can both be true. The question is, where do you put the responsibility? And many people now are choosing to put responsibility on this, on the external factors. And I say that after telling a story about how for many years I did that. And how for many years we 
did not grow to the fullest of our potential. <laughs> and only in so recognizing and making a shift to full responsibility that things start to change. So again, while it feels useful in the moment to point fingers at the external circumstance or the external people or whatever else is going on with the situation, it feels useful, but there's really something much more useless going on. So here's what's actually happening whenever we point our fingers at an external circumstance versus take responsibility for our own actions and the things that we can control. We think that what we're doing is relinquishing our responsibility and putting it onto something else. And therefore, if something happens and we don't achieve what we say or what we believe we can achieve, we can point at this thing. We can go over here and we can say it's XYZ's fault that I failed. In my instance, if the gym had failed, I can go over and say, well, it's because Alexandria is a small city and because it's rural and because the people in Alexandria didn't understand what we, do, what we did. I can point at those things and I could potentially say it's this it's these circumstances that are the reason why Thrivology failed. And I would, the facts would be true. That, like I'm saying these things multiple times for a reason. Like, those facts are true. But it's not because of that as to why Thrivology would have failed. So, instead of, like, relinquishing responsibility, what we're actually doing is giving our power to the circumstances at hand and therefore making ourselves powerless in controlling our lives. So going back to my example, what I would be doing if Thrivology would have failed was giving power to the city being small, the culture being different, and the people not understanding what we do and giving power to that instead of me going did I do everything that I could do to make sure that the small amount of people in this city understood what we did and we started to shift the culture into a different direction and everybody in this freaking city understood what we have going on? Those are two very different questions within the same circumstance, within the same exact realm. Like the same things are going on, but the way that you're, that I would be thinking about them in those circumstances makes a gigantic difference. So anytime you point to an external circumstance and you say that thing is the reason why I am the way that I am, or I failed the way that I failed, or I didn't achieve what I wanted to achieve, you're giving power to that and you're relinquishing your power to your own life, essentially, because you're saying I I'm powerless in this. And while there are a very, very, very minuscule number of situations where you potentially are powerless to the circumstances. Very, very few, very few. In 99.9999% of circumstances, there are things that you and I can do to ensure that no matter what circumstance we're in, no matter who we're surrounded with, no matter what person is there sabotaging you, you can make sure that the best comes out of that circumstance possible. 
Because as soon as you relinquish that control, that power to control your own life and your own destiny, why would you put any more effort into it? Why would you want to put any more effort into it? If you just say, well, nothing I can do about it because my boss said so, or the company said so, or the rules say so, or whatever happened. So here's a couple of ways that this plays out in health and fitness. Actually, before I do that, I'm going to go ahead and take a drink because I had a bunch of rice about an hour ago, and that rice is like sucking the saliva out of my mouth right now. <laughs> I was. I saw Jonna take a drink. I actually heard the, the ice <laughs> jingling around in that shaker cup, and I went, mm, cold water sounds good. Of course, mine's lukewarm water, but it'll do too. All right, so here's how relinquishing responsibility plays out in fitness. I'll give a fitness example, and I'll give a nutrition example. In fitness, what's very normal, actually, I'll play it out from January 1. So how many millions of people set a New Year's resolution to get in shape January 1? A lot. Six weeks later, Six weeks later, 90% of those people have quit that resolution. Why? Well, because all of a sudden things got busy or because they lost motivation or because what, whatever they were doing they thought wasn't working, whatever. Like whatever the reason was, six weeks later, 90% of people have quit their New Year's resolution. It is a very normal thing, not only for New Year's resolutioners, but for Someone starting a plan, someone here at Thribology, this is a very normal situation for us, that when circumstances change, working out goes and takes a back seat. So if that is the case, what you're essentially saying is that anytime circumstances change, if you choose to start working out in the future, that you're going to quit working out. So never are you going to actually make this a sustainable part of your life and make sure that you figure out what you need to do to keep it in your life. What you're going to do is let external circumstances dictate whether or not you actually keep working out. Now, on the surface level, you want to go, and you have to understand I don't have kids. Like, I can give you... I don't have kids. I own my business. So I'm sure there's millions of, well, you don't have kids. It's easy for you to say. You own your own business. You can make your own schedule, this, that, and other thing. Those things, again, are partly true. I mean, yes, it's 100% true that I don't have kids. But like when you own your own business, you don't actually make your own schedule. I mean, you kind of do. But nonetheless, like I'll throw all those caveats out there. All true. But I also have talked to and worked with hundreds and thousands of people who do have kids and who have worked through circumstances to make sure that they maintain a workout schedule and they keep themselves in the gym and they keep themselves moving and they keep themselves going. So while I don't have my own set of experience, I do have thousands of other experiences that I have seen, witnessed, been a part of, and seen changes that people make whenever circumstances 
do change. So anytime you set and say that if a circumstance happens or if my circumstances change, then I will quit working out, you have automatically sabotaged yourself and automatically set yourself up for failure because you're basically setting, like it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's not if, it's just a matter of when it happens. Is that gonna be next week? Is that gonna be next month? Is that gonna be two months from now? It's, it's gonna be all the above probably because it's life. And guess what happens, especially when you have kids, it's life. And so circumstances will always change. Like things will always be different. Your motivation will go up and down. Sometimes you'll be busy. Sometimes you'll be slow. Like that's the way that it is. That's why in those instances, it's important that you rein yourself in and go, how can I make sure that I work around this? How can I make sure that I change this so that I keep this thing that I know I wanted to do because I started it in my schedule? So that's one way we sabotage ourselves. We quit whenever circumstances change. We start working out, but we have the intention of stopping whenever, whenever the wind blows in a different direction. With nutrition, what happens is we fall off the wagon. We fall off the wagon whenever temptation arises, which again is every day, potentially, especially if you work in an office because in many offices, as far as I know, again, I'll fully admit that I've never had an office job, but as far as I know, many offices have just like bowls of candy laying around and pizza days and donut days and this kind of day and that kind of day and wellness day. So let's bring in all of our healthy chips and candy, like that, <laughs> that kind of stuff going on. Like, and that's a very normal thing. And those are all temptations, most definitely. And so whenever we fall off the wagon, whenever we decide to have three or four pieces of pizza because it was pizza day at work, or whenever we decide to grab five handfuls of candy because it was sitting there every time I walked by, or whenever we decide to go out with friends because they invited us out for lunch and we had a couple beers at lunch, hopefully not too many beers if you're going back to work, but like anytime you do that, like that's going to continue to happen. And so... If you always allow yourself to give in to temptation, you're always setting the precedent that if I'm tempted, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and give in. But if you want to make a change, you have to learn to overcome that. Like you have to learn to shift that and take responsibility and decide that I don't have to give in to temptation every time it's in front of me. Like nutritional change will always be a struggle if external circumstances are going to be the reason why you're not making progress. Those things are true. Like a bowl of candy is tempting to people. Snickers are tempting. Pizza is tempting. Brownies and ice cream are very tempting. I get it. Like those things are all true. And yet there is this responsibility that you have as a human being to decide on your own whether or not you're going to let those things be in control of you or you be in control of those things. So those are two examples of how we relinquish our responsibility to our external circumstances when it comes to working out, when our, when our external circumstances change, and when it comes to nutrition, when we're confronted with temptation. Again, two things can be very true at the same time. 
And while it is true in every circumstance, no matter what you're pointing at, all of it is true. Like if you say that person did this, and so I did this in retaliation, it's true that that person did that. That's true. But did you have to do what you did in retaliation? So it's a matter of how you look at it. It's a matter of how you perceive it. And then it's a matter of what you do with it once you've perceived it in whichever way you decide. So then how do we start to do that? How do we start to shift our empowerment back to ourselves? How do we start to empower ourselves again with responsibility? How do we start to empower ourselves again with the power to be able to control our circumstances instead of letting our circumstances control us? With the power to control our temptations instead of letting our temptations control us? Because we have fallen into a pattern in society to just succumb to everything, succumb to comfort, succumb to temptation, succumb to circumstances, succumb to anything and everything and all things. That's our current cycle in society. So until we start to take personal responsibility, it's going to be a long road and we're going to continue down that path until we start with step one. Step one is count your fingers. If you point at a person, you're pointing one finger at the person and you have three fingers pointing back at you. One, one finger forward, three pointing back. I don't believe that that is coincidence. I believe that that was built in. One pointing forward, three pointing back. Because always, in every single circumstance, always, always, there is something you can do differently. Always. Like I said, yes, there are certainly a few very tiny itty-bitty I'm not saying that these are itty-bitty types of circumstances, but there are a small number of circumstances in which you might be powerless, but most people will never live through that. If you have one finger pointing forward, you have three fingers pointing back. So you have to be able to recognize that, which means you have to be aware. And guess what? John, what am I, I going to say next? Oh, if you can't remember it, Oh, my goodness. I can't say it right now. <laughs> I can't say it, but you can say it is what she's saying. Uh, I know. So I'm going to make the assumption that she knows what I'm getting ready to say then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's I like, do. I do. I just can't remember the words right now. Oh, fair enough. Unless you make... Conscious. Conscious. It will dictate your life and you will call it fate. She goes, <laughs> got it. Yes, that's exactly what you were going to say. Unless you make the unconscious conscious, it will dictate your life and you will call it fate. In this circumstance, you have to be aware that you are giving power to the circumstance. You are giving power to the person. You are giving power to the situation. So it starts with awareness. That's what it has to start with. Once you've done that and you've realized that you have three fingers pointing back at you, the next question you ask is, what is my task in this situation? Now, the idea of the task comes from a book called The Courage to be Disliked by Ichiro Kashimi, K-I-S-H-I-M-I. Fantastic book. Strongly suggest that you recommend or that you read. But um, 
the task, a task is simply like what you're in control of, right? So in any circumstance, that's going to be different. If, for instance, you are tempted by pizza, it is not your task. Like if it's going to be there, it's not your task to say whether or not it's there. That's not up to you. What is up to you is whether or not you eat it. Like that is your task in that moment is to decide whether or not you eat it. If we go back to the workout example, it is not your task to decide whether or not your kids all of a sudden have a busy soccer schedule. Like if they're in soccer, it's very likely that eventually they'll have a busy soccer schedule. What is in your task, what is your task for that circumstance is to pre-plan your schedule to make sure that you still get your workouts in. Like that's your task. So instead of giving power to the thing, you're taking your task and you're going, here's what I know I can do in this situation. And then the next step, the final step is to do it, is to follow through with your task, with the thing that you can do in that situation. If your boss is giving you grief, your task is the response that you give to the grief. If you decide to say nothing and then you want to feel bad about it the rest of the day, that's on you. You've decided to say nothing. If you decide to say something and they have a poor response to you, that's also on you. You've decided to say something, but then you've taken power into your own hands. And I'm not saying that this is about power, like who holds the power, but like, if you want power for your life and control for your life, you, you can do it, but you got to be prepared to take responsibility for the things that you do or don't do. So it can be done. And regardless of what society is showing you and telling you right now, responsibility is like you'll potentially, not potentially, you will find more happiness within responsibility. You will find more fulfillment within responsibility because you'll realize that you have more control over more things in your life. And it's not about control for control's sake. It's about control so that you can actually fulfill the potential that you have in your life so that you can actually fulfill the needs that you have in life so that you can potentially actually get more of the wants that you have in life, which you can do if you start to take responsibility, if you start to count the number of fingers that are pointing back at you, if you start to do the tasks that are up to you, not up to the circumstances, and you start to actually take action on those things, actually take action. Right now, you can take action by hitting that subscribe button so that you make sure you get this information moving forward. And until next time, here's to your success in health and fitness mastery.